Hello and welcome to what's going to be uh, hopefully the first of many uh, parts to a general philosophy discussion just to whet your appetite on a few of the uh, the big thinkers that have been involved in this. My name is Andrew Taylor. Uh, I've been a philosophy teacher and involved in philosophy for uh, 12 to, to 15 years and it's it's really fun and hopefully um, any sort of questions you've got on the, the basics of philosophy we'll be able to answer you today uh, and over the next uh, few broadcasts. We're going to be doing this um, just as a general uh, introduction really to philosophy but this is largely being done for, uh, for students um, and students in particular of the, the OCR Religious Studies A-level uh, who are taking the modules in philosophy, ethics and developments in Christian thought, the, the theology module DCT, you may know it as. Um, I'm going to be talking about these ideas with, with the OCR qualification in mind and um, hopefully what we're going to get from this is, uh, is going to deepen your understanding uh, of what's required from the course and hopefully also allow you to sort of dwell on some of the key thinkers that are involved in philosophy. Bearing the course in mind, and also bearing the um, history of philosophy in mind, I am going to transport you back, back in time, deep back in time, to ancient Greece. I think it's really, really important that when you're, you're studying philosophy and getting the grips with the ideas involved in it, you get a little bit of historical context with it. That'll help sh shape um, shape your impression of these thoughts, give a little historical context to it. As Hegel would say, a guy that we might come back to later, uh, historical context is everything, and Wittgenstein would say that, obviously we can't understand these people. But um, what I'm going to do, sorry, just as, as an aside there, there's, there's a few names that I'll be uh, bringing into this. Uh, any names that I, that I drop, trying to make myself sound more intelligent than I actually am, uh, will be names that I'll come back to later on. Anyway, sorry, sidetrack there. Going back to ancient Greece, let me tell you of the time that we've had. We've emerged from the dark ages. Um, toga wearing with a taste for wine. And obviously, uh, we have many, many slaves now. Society is, 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 is relaxing. We have, uh, for the first time, a surplus of food. Uh, we have a great climate in Greece. Those of you who've been there will testify this. Um, uh, hot, hot sun baking down on you, drawing you closer to another mythos. Um, because of this, because we have the surplus of food, it gives uh, society, and when I say society here, I mean society that matters, men, obviously, sorry, that's, that's obviously me being uh, sarcastic. Um, it gives them time to do what men do best, which is sit around and let other people do the work. Out of this, we get the beginnings, and this is where things get, get quite important, we get the beginnings of what's known as, um, I would say, natural science. Natural science, which... Um, We'll get back to later. What that really means is people questioning what, or trying to figure out why things are the way they are. Um, I would say that natural science is, is a, um, uh, a, um, I'll probably say it's a um, posteriori methodology of trying to sort of figure out the way things are. There are arguments based on observation of the natural world. Out of that, you will get a lot of uh, Greek philosophical names that, that are uh, very, very relevant, important, and have stood the test of time. You'll get the mathematician Pythagoras. Um, you'll get Archimedes, the, the sort of the, the science-based things. You'll get Hippocrates in the beginnings of medicine. Um, and all of these, these wonderful, wonderful, brilliant men, Diogenes is my, my perfect, uh, personal favorite. Um, 
brilliant men, uh, intelligent men who managed to be considered intelligent despite getting so much, so many things wrong. Pythagoras and his bean obsession, for want of a better word. Um, however, the figure that we're interested in, and for me, the most important and annoying thinker uh, of that period was a man called Socrates, father of the Socratic method, uh, eminently quotable philosopher, um, who was also known at the time as the gadfly for his methodology. Now, Socrates may come across these days as being a very, very uh, annoying figure. He's a figure that you'll come across. He's essentially a questioner, um, uh, critiquing other people's arguments using this reductio ad absurdum kind of technique where he will reduce any argument that people forward to its absurd conclusions. Um, never been done before. I mean, you can talk about all these things about everybody a critic and um, pigeons and statues and where and what have you. But he did it for, for, for what I consider to be an absolutely brilliant, brilliant reason. Um, at the time, we had all these greybeards getting up and putting forward wonderful, wonderful arguments. But arguments deductive arguments, and we'll, we'll get back to sort of the David Hume criticism of, of deductive arguments later on, that were put forward in such a manner, um, this ad hoc ad hominem argument, put forward in such a manner, uh, appealing to the authority of, of the people, but that didn't really stand up to, to intense criticism. And as this, these series of podcasts develop, you're going to find out that I have, I have, I have big issues with Big issues with arguments that, that, that have no brook for, for them, for, or any wiggle room for them, for them being wrong in. And what Socrates did was he essentially questioned everything, questioned everything about them. Um, famously saying, wisest is he who, kno who knows he knows nothing. And this, out of this sort of constant criticism, constant questioning, drawing every statement uh, to, its, to its absurd conclusion, um, and drawing out the assumption that a great deal of argument is based on. Out of this we get the, the, the roots of philosophy as we recognize it today, this idea of, of questing for truth. And it's almost what Socrates does, is he, is he, is he seeks to, to knock down every assumption that we have, knock down the, the pillars of, uh, of what is perceived wisdom that, that isn't getting us to truth, so we can rebuild again, raising arguments to the ground so we can rebuild them up uh, again. Uh, and out of that search, search for truth. Knock down our old gods, build new, one, new ones that, are, that allow us to, to get the truth. Oh, doesn't that sound so impressive? Doesn't it sound like Socrates is this, this wonderful pioneer? Uh, yes, it would be incredibly annoying at the same time. I mean, if I say that, I don't know, uh, all politicians are not to be trusted, Socrates would say, well, how, how do you know this? Have you talked to, to every single politician in human history? Well, well, no, Socrates, I haven't. Then your statement is wrong. Um, incredibly, incredibly valuable tool uh, today, and I, I think a, a great man, but at the time a, a very, very annoying man. Is it any wonder, then, that he, he met a bit of a sticky end? Eventually the... Um, the uh, perceived elders in Athenian society at the time uh, 
<laughs> tired of, of the gadfly, and had Socrates put, put on trial for corrupting the minds of the youth of Athens. For me personally, that is just a, we're utterly sick of this man. And forced him to drink hemlock uh, to, uh, to end his life, something he willingly did. Um, but again, going back to history, Hegel at this point would be pricking his ears up. Going back to history, what we, we learn is that if, if the state forces the death of any man, he becomes a martyr. And Socrates' martyrdom, Socrates' death, um, was to have a huge, a huge impact on society in the future. Um, perhaps uh, giving birth to, uh, to the two greatest names that are involved in philosophy today, both Plato and Aristotle. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, about one of those guys in a lot more detail in, in our next podcast. And we're going to look at the impact that Socrates, uh, the Socratic method, had on Plato. Anyway, um, I hope this is, uh, has been valuable to you. Um, give a listen. Please get in touch um, with me. Um, and I'm more than happy to, to address any questions that people have or uh, people can, can take up with me any, any misunderstandings that, I, that I've made. Anyway, um, thanks so much. Um, please keep listening. We're going to talk about, about Plato in the next podcast and particularly the impact of Socrates upon him. Uh, all the best. Goodbye, philosophers.